Welcome to The Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. So today we're doing the sermon for today. Today is the day of the sermon of the podcast today. Yes. So, Christopher, are you familiar with the film High Noon? No, I've seen Shanghai Noon. Shanghai Noon is not quite High Noon. Shanghai Noon is Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. Yeah. Okay. High Noon is with Gary Cooper, and it is considered a classic Western where he is a lawman or a sheriff who's about to retire, and he finds that he's gotten married, and he and his new wife are about to leave. And he finds out that this person he this outlaw he put away is coming into town to kill him. And he can just skip town and not have to worry about it. Or he can stay and he can stay and stand his ground and fight. And he chooses to stand his ground. And that was Hollywood protest against McCarthyism. Oh. Now, in response to that, John Wayne, who I think maybe later in his life might have thought Joe McCarthy went too far. He didn't feel that way in the 50s. He and Howard Hawks got together and made a response to High Noon, and it was called Rio Bravo. And you wonder where I'm going with all of this. I feel like Man in a Hurry was High Noon, and the sermon for today is like a response of Rio Bravo. It's almost like we told you about how to just rest on Sunday. Now we're going to take all of that stuff and kind of spin it back on its ear. I feel like these two kind of bookend each other. I can see not knowing anything about what you're talking about and how that could be true. Well, you know what you know what I'm talking about with man in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. You know, sometimes I just feel like I'm talking into an abyss here. You know, if I could see that I was here, you wouldn't know it. You know, I could feel like I could just sit and talk. To yeah, my I got to be honest. That one was just like a little too complicated for me. Yeah, I wasn't able to track it. Well, that's fine. I could sit here. I might as well have just told this theory to Lulu, my cat, and that would have been just fine. You basically just. Yeah, I might as well. So, any top line thoughts on this episode? I enjoyed this episode. You know, it wasn't like over the top, but I did relate to the message, especially, you know, I'm taking this week off work. You know, I'm just kind of not doing a whole lot. I could really relate to it. So let's break it down. All right. Well, this episode first aired on October 21st, 1963. John Whedon's full script to this episode is included in the book, The Andy Griffith Show. It was one of the first books about the show. Oh, really? by, By Richard Kelly. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Richard Kelly is R. Kelly's dad. Father's brother's cousin's former roommate, as they say in Spaceballs. I don't think there's any connection between R. Kelly and Richard Kelly. Okay. So we open with Andy reading Little Orphan Annie to Opie, and we hear church bells in the background. Opie is still in his PJs, and Aunt B says he needs to get ready for church so they can be there in time to get a good seat for the guest preacher. Who's coming in from New York, and I have a story related to this. Okay. And I was in middle school band. For some reason, like once a year we do, there's this pretty opera house in town. We'd have a concert there. We had a guest conductor and they kept talking about how the guy was from Manhattan. He was all the way in from Manhattan. I learned when they were announcing him to the whole audience, Manhattan, Montana, which is like an hour away. It's a very small farming town, which, you know, still guest conductor. But they were really trying to sell us up that he was a big wig from the city. That's funny. I was thinking you were going to say Manhattan, Kansas. I mean, I didn't even realize there's a Manhattan, Montana. Yeah, we copy a lot of city names. The other one I'll share is that if you fly into Bozeman, you actually fly into a town called Belgrade. I have a friend of mine who's Bosnian and he flew in and he landed in Belgrade, which Belgrade, Serbia. A lot of, you know, historical geopolitical drama. And he thought that we pulled one over on him by having him fly into Belgrade. Did you ever read... 
Encyclopedia Brown? No, I did not. Okay, Encyclopedia Brown is basically it was all about whiz kid fifth grader who could solve cases. And his dad was the chief of police. And one time they found this list that was left behind by this convict. I can't even remember what the gist of it is, but he's got five names of places that he's going. There's Athens, Paris, Memphis, Palestine, and I'm blanking on the other one, but they're kind of like, well, this man's some international traveler. He's going to all these places. The only one that doesn't make any sense is Palestine, because that's not an actual place. It's, you know, it's not a city, a modern city. An encyclopedia figures out he's not going. He's not an international traveler. He's traveling heavily through all these towns in Texas. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So... A little later in the morning, Ian B is on the phone with Clara Edwards, gossiping, then discussing. Oh, this is so annoying. Oh, yeah. Well, she was also like coming at him hard, right? That they have to get ready, get there early. Ian B comes in hot this entire episode. Ian B would want to be at the airport four hours before the flight for a domestic. And unless she got on pre-check and she got Clara. Unless she got on the phone with Clara. And then she's on the phone with Clara and then there's no telling. And Clara's going to be there on the trip with her. Yeah. And I mean, but AMB comes in hot with everybody on this episode. All of a sudden, AMB doesn't want to get off the phone, even though they're going to pick Clara up. At the church, they're singing a hymn. Everyone is there, including Barney and Gomer. Barney and Andy are sharing a hymnal, and Barney loses his place, which is just funny because, you know, Andy has to point it out to him. And then after they finish, Reverend Tucker introduces his friend from New York, Dr. Harrison Everett Breen. And Dr. Breen says a great question to ask is what is the meaning of it all? Basically asking why everyone is in such a hurry. Opie catches a fly and Gomer falls asleep, snoring until everyone hears. Barney then starts to fall asleep until Andy gives him a nudge. Dr. Bream then kind of carries on or goes on about how they should get back to enjoying the little things like listening to the band on the green, which got to be honest is this with you. Is the thing that happened in your town? Like in a my Sunday town? Every- no. Yeah. No, your town? Maybe it was a thing back during that period. I never really have enjoyed listening to bands in the evening, not marching bands. It is not a relaxing thing. I far prefer to watch 60 Minutes on a Sunday evening. All the problems in the world. That just puts me at ease, only knowing about all the strife that's going on. Uh, Scott Pelley's voice, Bill Whitaker, come on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he closes with the words, what's your hurry? What indeed is your hurry? And after the service, they walk Do you think that sermon lands better in New York City? The city that never sleeps versus Mayberry? I think. This is one where it's always thrown out. Like, everybody's in a hurry at times, regardless of where they live. And so it's one of those things where he throws it out there. And, I mean, it's all the same thing. Just take a beat and enjoy life. That's it. This is the meaning of life. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Everybody that's listening to this is taking a beat. But they're not in a hurry. No, they are not. They really may not have much going on at all. We love you. After the service, they walk out and tell Dr. Breen that he did a great job. Although Barney says he did a great job pointing out sin, which he did not point out at all. And they invite him over to lunch. But he says he's preaching a sermon in Mount Pilot. However, he will stop back by for coffee. How kind of him. They never share an address. He never gives a time that he's going to be by. Seems more like a burden and a false promise. Well, I mean, he's with Reverend Tucker, and so I know Reverend Tucker knows where he lives, so maybe that's... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. On the porch, Andy and Barney come out, and they've had a big meal. Andy says he thinks he might go to the drugstore and get some ice cream for later. Barney says he'll go, although it looks like he'd rather sleep. 
they start to leave. And this is what I'm talking about. Aunt B just being kind of hot. She chastises them for being in a hurry just because they're going to walk to the drugstore to get ice cream. I don't see anything crazy no. about that. No, that's the height of being taking your own time is walking somewhere to get ice cream. Yeah. Gomer comes by and says he's running over to Goober's to watch him wash his car, which is just, you know, that sounds... Sounds like, busy. That sounds... I'd rather watch TV. Well, yeah, I love. I mean, TV's awesome. Aunt B then chastises him, too, for being in a hurry to go watch car. I mean... I think Aunt B's in a hurry to judge here. Aunt B's in a hurry to judge. Aunt B's in a hurry to not to just be a busybody. Like, obviously, the pastor gave this message, probably didn't realize where he was and that this is a town that doesn't move at a very fast pace anyway. But this is all about how they take this message in the wrong way. So then they start talking about old band concerts and somehow completely misconstrue the sermon for today and plead a concert for that night. And we go to commercial. And... Now that we're into a joke about like the commercial being for ice cream, but I had nothing. Now that we're in the break, we're going to talk about the five greatest experiences Christopher and I've had listening to bands on a Sunday evening on the hill. I'm kidding. Yeah, we don't. We're not going to talk about. There was the time we heard Pops on the Cape. That was nice. The Boston Pops. There was the I'm, time we saw Bon Jovi do a Metallica cover show for three hours. That was nice. What? Did you, tell me about this now. I'm just making things up. Oh, None of my. these things have been part of my existence. I have been to the Friday night band concert at the Marine Corps Barracks okay. in Washington, D.C. Wow. Uh, cool. Yeah. I've watched a lot of marching bands in college football. Okay. I haven't done that. Were you in the yeah. band? Me? No. I played cushion in middle school. The old reading notes thing wasn't quite good for my brain. <laughs> That's something I could figure out. So, uh, yeah, more of a vocal artist and I'm a, I have a hit podcast. Yeah. That's my art medium. All right. Well, add to the break. Andy is working on building the uh, bandstand. And Barney comes by with the sign that is kind of useless. I think the sign was fine. I feel like Andy was being nitpicky on this sign. They're all tearing each other down in this episode. They're all like wound up, keyed up, kind of ripping into each other's stuff. Yeah. Maybe they all just need to take a beat and relax. They should have just sat on the porch. And you know who I blame for all this? I don't blame Dr. Breen. I blame... And Beatrice. I do. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So Gomer comes by with some tools that Goomer loaned him. Gomer's the only one that can use them because Goomer only trusts family. I like that. I like that. I mean, you know, I don't trust you with my tools. Not because you're not trustworthy, but because we're not related. And I lose a lot of tools. So I bet you know. well. It has not gone well for my dad every time that he's loaned me something. What's the most expensive tool of your dad's you've ever lost? You know, I don't lose them. I just keep them. I don't return them. Oh. So I've got quite a few. I've got some really nice drill bits that I'm currently trying to gaslight him into believing that they're mine. You just take his drill bits? I did take a drill once. Okay. And then he wanted it back. <laughs> this doesn't reflect well on me. I got it. <laughs> he gave me a drill in college, his old drill. Yeah. And then when I was gone living in D.C., I didn't have the drill. He kind of took the drill back and really enjoyed it himself. And then when I came back to Montana, I took the drill because it was mine. And then he didn't really like that. So then he had to buy me a new drill to replace it so he'd get the other drill back. But I don't even really like the new drill that much. The first one was a Makita contractor. Oh, right. Which is, uh, which is a great drill. That's some real stuff. Now I have a DeWalt that like spins out all the time. It's got no torque. So what if you just bought? But also, what am I doing? I'm not, you know, what am I screwing into? Like a wall? Drill, baby, drill. Drill, baby, drill. Try, I don't want to get political. I mean, 
14 years old reference. Is that okay? I mean, yeah, let's, let's, uh, it's morning in America again, Christopher. <laughs> let's, let's keep it light. Yeah. yeah. So we've got the tools. Andy goes to check on Aunt B and the uniforms that she and Claire are supposed to be sewing. Barney wants to go over to crawl under the bandstand, but he's afraid of spiders. I get that. Spiders and snakes. You know, Gomer's going to join the Marines at the end of this season. And it's going to be rough on Barney because every time he's afraid to do something, he tries to get Gomer to do it. Yep. I mean, I didn't know he was going to join the Marines, but now, now I do know. It's just like we started this whole podcast like I didn't know anything about it, you know? So, like, you can't get mad at me when I don't know anything about it. You know I'm not I'm mad. You can just keep me like, I, you spoiled this for me. But, I mean, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Barney chews Gomer out for not getting under getting under the um, bandstand. Andy goes to check in on Aunt B and Clara, who are making Opie serve as a dummy or a mannequin for their sewing. Aunt B and Clara are bickering about the clothes not being taken care of. We then cut to a band practice, and that Mayberry band. I thought they were bad when Mayor Stoner wanted to pull their plug funding on going to the state show. They make that band look like Led Zeppelin. Or like, yeah, they're out of practice. Yeah, they really yeah, are. They're as bad as Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin is awesome. Don't even. <laughs> so one of its members, Luther, is very hard of hearing. The others are arguing over who's playing well. Benny and B and Clara come in and start arguing over uniforms and how Clara said it was a waste of time. The members then start arguing. Barney and Gomer come in arguing about the state of the bandstand. Turns out Gomer took a swing at a spider and broke the entire bandstand. And Andy says they can still practice. And Luther starts playing some bad saxophone. And we fade to black and go to commercial. Anything wasn't going great. No, and this is like, and this is one where you watch it, you're kind of like, you know, you've watched enough of these. You're like, you know, there's a the story's told over two, basically with one commercial break in between. And then you have an epilogue that is often not always central to the story. This kind of feels like, well, okay, they're just fading to black, but it's in the epilogue where we come back and they're all sitting out on the porch and they're exhausted. And Dr. Bream pulls up and says he can't stay for coffee. But he says they all seem like they're very relaxed, like they've listened to a nice band concert. And Gomer starts to tell them they're pooped and why they're pooped. And Andy just cuts him off and says, what Gomer is trying to say is, is what's your hurry? I agree. I agree. I liked, I think I could tell by your face. I liked Gomer's piece at the end of this. And I thought it had a nice closing message. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I'm not really one for let's learn something with every episode. But I do feel like this kind of had a message of, Dr. Bream is basically what you would call preaching to the choir. Ear B basically always kind of a little bit wound tight, hears it and gets the wrong idea. And things just go kind of hectic and everybody gets the wrong idea and, and kind of spoils when if almost they, I think they might have been better off if they'd never heard Dr. Bream preach. Yeah. Or if Aunt B would have skipped that day. If she'd stayed on the phone with Claire. Stayed on the phone with Claire. There we go. That's what should have happened. How many whistlies would you give it? I don't know. This one, I, some people love this episode. I'm kind of like, it's very funny. I don't, but it's probably a six, maybe with me, maybe a seven. I was thinking a solid seven. Yeah. You know, it's fun. You kind of go through, you get some jokes here and there, but nothing's too funny. I like the spider bit, you know, a little bit of the Aunt B, Andy tensions, always fun at home, you know. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Any final thoughts? No. I wish that you, could crawl under the bandstand to check to see if there are any spiders. Only when you and your dad settle the issue about the drills. 
We work on that. Well, thank you for listening. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. If you think about it, subscribe. Also, if you think about it, leave a comment. Next week, we do Briscoe Declares Free at B. And until then, Christopher, what's your hurry? Hurry.